So anyway, uh, I really appreciate the, the flexibility of the worship team. And because uh, as we were gathering this morning, uh, by the way, uh, I had really got to give me a really cool word this morning about first things first, about the priorities of the kingdom, the king. And uh, it's really good. If you want the handout, it's probably in the back somewhere. But as we gathered this morning, the Lord uh, just sort of puts, had put in some seeds in my heart uh, from some of the leadership um, about us gathering together. And so as we started praying this morning, the Lord said, well, that's nice. It's for you. I really did get excited about that. It was really good into my heart, so maybe it was just for me. But then the Lord said, okay, here's the question you need to sit down. And just like, like we did sort of about three weeks ago, when we had that snow on a, an afternoon, we just sort of family time to ask a question and really answer it. Why do we gather? Why did you come here today? Why do we gather? Now, y'all, I, I, I don't know about you, but I, and I think I know most of you in this room, a lot of you, uh, you're, you're not about just doing things that just do not have profit. Uh, religious things, just to do something for religious, because it's Sunday, so let's get together. Well, that does not carry weight, and that's why I think in society today you see less amount of people in church on a Sunday morning than you probably any time in the history of, of America or in the world. Because why we gather maybe has gotten... Uh, Deluded, or if we ever really knew it. And so uh, we just want to back square one. It's not going to be in depth. But if you would, turn in your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 21. Why do we gather? Now, we talked about in the past about God's presence, and there's three facets of God's presence. God's presence in us, God's presence among us, and, and us into the heavenlies. So with that, you know, just considering about God's presence in the song that Amy and the worship team led us in, it's all about you, Jesus. Okay? But notice this passage, and in, in, uh, I'm going to start in verse 19 of chapter Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you're fellow citizens with the saints, and you are, are of God's household, having built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple. Now get that, y'all. This whole building, not physical building, this building is growing together into a holy temple in the Lord. Notice verse 22. In whom you are also being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. Now why do we gather? Well, what this passage tells us, that God is doing a work where for you and I, of Him dwelling among us. In fact, it's interesting, as we were in prayer this morning, God reminded me of our name, Dwelling Place Christian Fellowship. Well, Dwelling Place comes out of John 14, too. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. And you know that there's individual dwelling places of God. That's not mansions, that's dwelling places where he himself dwells. But also, corporately, as we gather right now, probably all around New River Valley or in the country, other churches are gathering and God's heart is to dwell among us, corporately. So why do we gather? 
Well, dwelling of God in the Spirit. That's what he's doing. We're coming to meet the Lord. You can, y'all, it's so cool. I, I love being around worship services or conferences where you see people have a place of faith and expectation when they're getting together. God's going to show up in their midst. You know, you know I, I look around the room, maybe it's some of you that, uh, uh, some of the youth that it came up, and we, I mentioned something like living waters. Like, and so, you know, I could say living waters to like Jess and Jess Long, and she go, yeah, because what, she's, what she'll think about is, is that, man, when we get together, there, God shows up in our midst. And, you know, and so for us, one, to set a priority in our hearts that when we gather together, no other reason that we're believing that God's showing up in our midst. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. And notice this declaration in relationship to us. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse, verse uh, we're going to start at verse 4. And let me put a commercial in there before I read this past scripture. What the commercial is, is that what we've been noticing is, is that when we get together in a worship service, is a lot of, we have not done a good job of communicating how to function and flow in a worship service. Not only, not only that or how we set things up, um, but also people don't know how to function in, in the spirit. Because you think about this. Most of us are trained to, to go into a Sunday morning service and sit, and it's a spectator sport. But, y'all, that is not the purpose of God. Now, I'm not saying how anybody else does church. I know for dwelling place, God has not called us to be a spectator sport. You know, we purposely do not try to, you know... Uh, have, you know, massive enticing words of wisdom. Not that we don't try to do it right. <laughs> but, but our heart is, is that men's faith rests in the wisdom of men, not in the power of God. And I said that wrong? Thank you, my wife. Our faith would not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Thank you. Thank you, y'all. <laughs> Just chin if you're awake. Uh, yeah. but, but look at this in verse 4. Now let me read this in the First Peter chapter 2. Coming to him as a living stone rejected by men, but choice and precious in the sight of God. But you also, as living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house. Now watch this. This is very interesting. Being built up into a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable God through Jesus Christ. Now get this. So we gather together for dwelling of God in the Spirit. And one of the main purposes gathering together is to offer up spiritual sacrifices unto God. I mean, because it is the things that we do. You gathering together here is a sacrifice. Many of you paid hard price to get a number of kids together to get here. That's a major sacrifice. Some of you, you know, just getting up could be a sacrifice. And that's okay. That's Okay. What are these spiritual sacrifices? Just real quick, real too, let me just throw off to you. Like in Hebrews chapter 13, it talks about uh, um, offering up to God the fruit of the lips, praise unto him, which is a spiritual sacrifice. When, this morning, when we do worship, when we start singing worship, what we're doing is we're offering up spiritual sacrifices unto the Lord. In Romans chapter 15, 
Paul mentions the ministry of the Gentiles and says that how he describes how his ministry to the Gentiles was a, was a sacrifice unto the Lord. So, you're, in other words, your service to the Lord is spiritual sacrifices like you've heard, you know, you know the worship team or, or some of the people out in the parking lot helping people part. That's all spiritual sacrifices unto the Lord. And whether it's here, in here, or outside of here, y'all, all of those are spiritual sacrifices. But when we get together, they become amplified. And, and more importantly, um, amplified, they become focused. Um, because I don't know about y'all, and you've heard me stalk the, use this illustration before, but I can get out of tune. You know? I mean, in other words, in... I, you can get up in the morning, try to seek the presence of the Lord and, and walk with the Lord, and that, that's important. But I'll be honest with you, y'all. It's very easy for me to get very spiritual in my own mind. In fact, before I got married, I was the most awesome man of God in my own mind. <laughs> then I got married. And then I realized, dude, I had a friend that declared one time, he said, I could be an awesome man of God if it wasn't for people. Yeah. <laughs> But what's the reality is there is that what is we interact together, guess what? All of a sudden the realities of what's real gets manifested. That's why my, my wife has been good for me is to stick a mirror in front of my face and what's real, Rick? And like what I'm saying is, is so when we gather together, all of a sudden I can start to get really in tune with what God's doing in my life and what God's doing corporately. So to gather, I want you to go with me in the Word of God in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So when we gather together, the purpose is a dwelling of God in the Spirit, to offer up spiritual sacrifices unto the Lord. See, most of the time we're thinking we're gathering together, y'all, for what I, you know, I hear this a lot of times, well, I just didn't get anything out of it. Well, y'all, that's a taker mentality. He who sows much, what? Sees much. He who sows little, receives little. So when you say, I didn't get much out of it, guess what does that tell me? You didn't what? So. 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 <laughs> now, notice someone starting in 12.1 real quick. And now concerning spirituals. And then if you have a, in probably the water translation, you have it says spiritual gifts. And spiritual gifts is not in there. It's just literally the Greek word pneumatikos, meaning spirituals. Now concerning things of the Spirit, because our God is a God of the Spirit. Those who come to Him must come to Him in spirit and truth. We've talked about that before. If we're going to interact with God, our purpose is to interact with God together. It has got to be a spiritual experience. It can't be soulish. It can't be fleshly. It has to be spiritual. Now all of those are tied in together. I know that. But, but so Paul's saying, I don't want you to be unaware you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray by dumb idols, however you were led. But he says, therefore I make known to you as one speaking by the Spirit. And so he starts talking about interacting in the Spirit. Now I want to skip down to verse 7. It says, and it's talking about different ways that God releases the body. But I want to focus on this in verse 7. To each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common and good. Okay, watch this, y'all. Each one. Now we gather together. I'm in a conviction 
that guess what? When the Word of God says each one, what does that mean? Each one. Each one is given the what? The manifestation of the Spirit. Now, y'all have heard me say this before, but again, some of this you've heard me say before. But one of the cool things about living where I live is in the woods is that you've got a lot of trees. I love trees. Love trees. We got, you know, oak trees, maple trees, locust trees, pine trees, all kind of different trees. Ben, every time Ben's out there, I'm always asking, what kind of tree is that? What kind of tree is that? But, but you know, each tree sounds different when the wind blows through it. You're in a pine forest. You hear a whistling sound. You're in a, a forest with oak trees. It's rustling of leaves. You know, in different seasons, too. And so what you've got is these manifestations of the Spirit coming on. And each one of us, as the Spirit manifests Himself, will look and sound different. And that is okay. And that's important. You know, Tammy's, oh, yeah, oh. <laughs> My phrase, Tammy, get your groan on, yeah. And then some of you in here, Holy Spirit gets in you and you get quiet. I do. I have a tendency if you, Holy Ghost gets on me, I'll get quiet. Like Paula don't like to watch a football game with me. You know, if it's more intense football game and I got something and I get focused. That's what I guess back in the days of playing quarterback and pitching because everything was had to be focused. If I got all distracted when in a football game, you know, I'd get, you know, it'd lose focus and not things, cool things would happen. So I had to be focused. So I guess that habit in me, because the more intense something gets, the more focused I get. And so, you know, I'm a little different than Tammy. So, but, but that's okay. Now, but here's the important thing that comes out. To each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Interesting thing. For what? The common good. Okay, well, let's don't, let's don't look at this in English. We miss it. The Greek word is sumphero. It's a compound word having two meanings, I mean, two words. Sum means together. Pharaoh means to bear. Sumphero, to bear together. Y'all, I don't know if you noticed this, and some of us don't like this, but we're not made to stand alone. You cannot take the weight. It's interesting to me when they were building our house and the, a lot of the walls, the framing in the walls, were, we had a, um, a modular, but, but you'd see parts of the walls that were exposed. And there were places that where you had, you know, just two-by-six two by studs on the exterior wall or two-by-four studs on the interior walls. But it would just be a single one. And you see that, you know, that's not carrying much weight. But you see where joints are, where things carry weight, Guess what they'd always do? In those places, they would put like five or six two-by-sixes together. And all of a sudden, why? Because in that place that where you have these two-by-sixes together, guess what? A synergistic effect occurs. In other words, the sum, what is it? How does the synergistic effect? Sum of the, of the two is, I mean, the... Uh, no. <laughs> do what? Yeah. Thank you. 
I mean, uh, tiny, swifty. Yeah, so you see this synergistic effect within us. You know, Mitch is going with me this time. Well, this, you know, the, the synergistic effect in us can carry more spiritual weight than me just going by myself or Mitch going somewhere else. But y'all, we're not made to stand. We're not made to stand alone. And even not, just not only y'all in the, in ministry, but in life. We're not made for that. You know, I could go around the room for testimonies of everybody in this place. But y'all, the thing that gets me is, is how we try to live alone. How we try to do that. In fact, our society today is, is, uh, is trying to force us in that direction. Uh, let's have church uh, via drive-in. You know, what is that? God's calling us to when we gather together. It is for us to come together that we'll be able to carry the load together. So everything, get this now, so everything that when we gather together, okay, is struck, has got to be structured in a way, from heaven it's structured in this way, to help nail me to somebody else, like Jeff. To help nail me to Jeff. Maybe for me, maybe that, that, maybe that week I need, I need something in relationship to what's in Jeff. Or it may be flipped, it might be reversed. Going on. I don't know what it is. Many times God does something. You don't know how it is, maybe on a Sunday morning, that when we gather together, you know, we're, the week before was hell on earth. And you didn't have much in you. And so we gather together. Somebody just, just uh, put a hand on you. I never forget a lady one time came up to me. Y'all heard me say this before, but she came up to me. This one has a big stone. She said, Rick, you know the favorite part of the service for me is? And I was thinking, my preaching. <laughs> and she goes, hugs, handshakes, and high fives. And I said, why? She said, it's the only time all week that I come in contact with another human being. And she was married, y'all. Her husband was a, a Vietnam vet, was dealing with addiction issues. But for her, that point when she came in contact, one, comforted her for the week before and also empowered her for the, the week to come. So she would look forward to that place. So coming together, everything that the Spirit does is to nail us together. Together. And, and think about it. Let's just go over here and in 1 Corinthians uh, 14, 31. I just want to magnify something here. And, and, uh, in 14, 31. It says, uh, For you can all prophesy one by one, so that all may learn, and all may be what? Exhorted. Now, y'all... I did some intense study on this word all, and you know what it means? All. Uh, how many of y'all have been to a Virginia Tech football game? Okay. How many of you have played in a Virginia Tech football game? <laughs> One. 
That's not all. Oh, how many was that it went to a game? Raise it again. This much and one plate. Oh, how did church become that? How did it come that? You know what the word for learn means? To be brought into experience. I did not experience, I watched Brandon play many football games. I watched him play in the Orange Bowl. You know, I didn't run into fullbacks. You know, I didn't. I, well, I had, when I played earlier, I had him run into me. But, but, uh, but see, uh, we were all spectators of that. Now, I'm sure Brandon, there's a lot of times that Brandon uh, wished that all of us were nailed to him in some of the battles that he fought and stood up against. You know, if he did, you know, the synergistic effect may have had a lot of difference. I, I can't, how do you play a football nail together, but I don't know. But the whole point that I'm trying to point is here is that for you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn, literally the Greek word, brought into experience. In other words, the reality is that as many as you have raised your hand to be a Virginia Tech football game, you would have participated in the game. That is the will of God. Does that make sense? For you can all learn. You can all prophesy. So that all may be what? Exhorted. You know what that Greek word there means? To be brought alongside. That's what it means. Be brought alongside. When I went to a Virginia Tech football game, I didn't go, I wasn't alongside Brandon. I was in the stands. Yeah, I pulled for him. I don't know, one of my favorite things about Brandon, he used to have these, have these big, wide, white armbands and had a big cross on them. Look at some of his old pictures. It's really cool. You know, anyway, I don't know, it has nothing to do with anything, but <laughs> said it was cool to me. So, so what does it mean you can all prophesy? All right, what, think about this, y'all. When we gather together, God is doing something to nail us together to somebody else, beginning with him. Like, so when you come together, there's, a, there's whatever's coming forth is one is to nail us in our relationship with God. And so anytime we enter into a service, this dwelling of God in the spirit, so you're thinking, okay, God, what are you saying to me to, to enhance my heart to you? But if you stop there, it's self-centeredness. What do you, somebody remember the statement about giving and receiving? I didn't receive much. Well, you didn't what? Give much. Really, just get that, just nail that into your heart. If you have not been receiving much, you have not been giving much. That's reality. We got a, we got a poverty mindset. If you think anything other than that, y'all, that's poverty mindset. That's a, that is the welfare mentality. I haven't been receiving. Well, that's not how the Spirit of God and the kingdom of God works. <clears throat> well, it's really, really how the world operates. But, uh, okay, so going on. So y'all prophesy. Okay, one, you're hearing the Lord's revealing himself. He's unveiling. And, uh, 
And then the other way is, is that you're doing is, is you're catching revelation in relationship to other people around you. Um, where's Colleen Jackson? I saw her here earlier. Watch Colleen Jackson sometime in a worship service. I haven't watched her, but I just know what happens. But she'll, all of a sudden, she'll get something for somebody else. Is that true, Colleen? And you'll, during a worship or something like that, or during a service in a, an appropriate moment, Colleen will go and speak to them, pray for them, love on them. That's some Pharaoh. Somebody needing somebody to come alongside. So when you're in a worship service, okay, God, you know, many times I'm right here on the front and, you know, people are worshiping here and all of a sudden the Lord will highlight somebody in the, in the service. I, and I'm focused on getting ready to preach, but all of a sudden the Lord said, go pray for so-and-so. Or go, just go hug somebody. Just tell them you love them. Or there's also things that God's doing corporately as a whole, that, y'all, we're, we're walking in a direction together as a whole to have an impact in the New River Valley and in, in the world. And so we need to, to be anchored together. And I'll tell you all this, please, please, I beg y'all, I'm really mean, this all my heart. Pray for Mitch and I this week. I have never had the spiritual warfare that I have faced in going on a mission trip as I am this one. Pastor Sitchko's announced that it's all about casting out demons. And, and so guess what? I evidently, we're going to see it. Mitch is going to have to do a lot. <laughs> Mitch will take care of it. You know, I got to teach. Mitch will take care of it. He did that one time. We were in, I tell this story. <laughs> we, did this, uh, we, did this, we did this mission trip to um, Portsmouth, England. Yeah, Anna's old church. Yeah, Anna was here. So we did it at Anna's church there. It was an Anglican church, and Dan and Anna were there. We went over to see them, and God had showed up, man. And we just, the last night we were there, we just said, we're going to have this evangelistic service. And so we, uh, I don't know what this guy's doing, anything I'm saying, but here I am. But anyway, so, I mean, the, their church was packed. I mean, we saw God do all kind of crazy things. We were, we were preaching in schools and colleges and on the street, and oh, it was so cool. I mean, People getting saved, all kind of crazy stuff happened. So we're there in the last certain night of the service, and I'm getting ready to close the service. And it's sort of quiet like it is right now. And all of a sudden, I hear this crazy noise going out in the foyer. Mitch is on the front row. And I say, Mitch, come on, what's going on, man? So Mitch goes out there, and, you know, it's a, it's a you know, and I'm trying to finish up, and you hear this noise. And uh, so all of a sudden, you know, after service, as soon as I prayed, I just made a beeline for out there. I said, man, what's going on? And what had happened was there's this mother who had a son, was probably in the 20s or early 30s, who was dealing with massive demonic uh, influence in his life. And she heard about the church service, and she brought him there. I'm going, now that is cool, y'all, that we were a point of hope. Well, anyway, the Funny thing, but yeah, we were kind of hoping, but I had to share this. When Mitch, when I get out there, and Mitch is kind of watching this at this time, here's this guy sitting on his couch, growling, just doing stuff like this. And on one side is one of our college students, and so this guy would turn over, and he'd look over here, and this guy would go, "In the name of Jesus, 
Name yourself. You know, so he's trying to get his spirit name himself, which is stupid anyway. Why are you going to believe a demon? So, so anyway, and so the guy would turn, and over here, and this guy would go, in the name of Jesus, shut up. And so the guy is going back and forth, and I'm going, you just created a spirit of confusion out of this. Spirit didn't know how to shut up or name himself. And so once we got the, the dogs off, you know, we took the guy in the back and he got set free and it was so be- it was beautiful. But uh, you learn, you brought it to experience. <laughs> I don't know what where did I go? Okay, just closing this up. The whole God speaking a word to the whole. Uh, one of the things that we have done in a worship in the services. Because y'all, there's times in a worship service that y'all, that it'll be quiet. And, and if you hear the music go down and like the worship team's just quiet and letting it flow, what we're really believing is the Spirit of God's opening up to tongues, interpretation, uh, prophetic words, corporately. And, but what's happening is, like it says in 1 Corinthians 14, we're judging it. Now, judgment does not mean, judge means, does not mean to condemn, means what? To sort out, divide out. So we're dividing every word that's coming out. You know, that's why you'll see a lot of times if, when there's a tongue, somebody speaking in tongues, that one of us will step up here, and all of a sudden, what are we doing? One is we're judging as the tongue of the Spirit. But then the second thing is you're going, okay, where's the interpretation? And then one person may speak, and then all of a sudden, we've got to judge, oh, wait a minute, is that the interpretation? Is that all of it? Many times, it's not. It can come up. So, we're, so, you know, in those lull times in worship, you know, now, now y'all, I want to encourage you. You know, step on out there. I mean, Brandon, did you score any touchdowns when you were at Tech? But, sure wished to. <laughs> what was I going to say about that? Oh, you know, but he did when he was, he did, he did when he was playing running back at Glenberg. Because I'm going to tell you what, so man, it's just a joy that when God's given you the ball and says, okay, carry it. Now, y'all, tongues interpretation can be a scary thing because all of a sudden you're getting there going, uh-oh, I got this. If I speak it and nobody translates it, they'll think I'm a heathen. <laughs> or guess what? So the person finally does it. But then the person who's interpreting goes, uh, uh-oh, I don't know if this is it or not. But you know what? The Word of God is for the mature that because of practice have their senses trained to certain good from evil. Y'all, hear, hear what I'm saying. My sheep follow me because they know my voice. Word of God is for the mature who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good from it. How do you know to discover the voice and the, the voice, the emotions, and the, what you're seeing in relationship to God? By practice. What better place to practice than in church? Because when you get out there, like I see Zach here, and all of a sudden Zach's wrestling with, man, I got this decision, Rick, about a 
I've got to make an investment. Or I've got to hire somebody. Well, Zach's going, what are you saying, God? I've had those, Zach and I've had those discussions many times. Is this God? Well, y'all, what better place for Zach to learn to hear the voice of God about his business than in church where you can make mistakes and guess what? It's okay. It's okay. I'm sure a lot of you are like me that you've heard, you've learned more out of your mistakes than you did the things you're doing it right. No, we don't want to make a mistake. I remember one time Tammy grabs the microphone and runs around the church speaking in tongues. No interpretation. <laughs> well, that week, guess what? So I talked to Tammy and said, Tammy, oh, no. Next week, Tammy gets up and repents. Well, guess what? Did we condemn her? No. Did she learn? Yeah. In fact, I think a lot of the things that she's birthed in the groan that she gets in her birthed out of that moment. So, y'all, uh, when we get together, it's for God in our midst. When we gather, we're offering up spiritual sacrifices to the Lord. When we're gathering, we're being nailed to the Lord that we can stand. We're being nailed to one another that we can stand together. The structure of the worship service is not to entice your flesh. The structure of the worship service is to listen to the Spirit of God so that we can pay attention to how He's doing this thing. In fact, y'all be honest with you. That's why a lot of times we're just reversing order of service. Why? To get us out of our own little comfort zones. Because I'm sorry, y'all. How many of y'all have discovered that living life outside of here is not all in one little nice, eat, orderly comfort zone? It's not. If I can get the worship team together. So why would I speak this? We all we, we spoke this this morning, not to try to cause something to happen. I'm gonna be gone for a couple of weeks, and and Lord willing, by then I'll preach the word on priorities of the kingdom. We'll get back into it. But we just our heart is leadership just believed that we need to take a brief moment to talk, to share what's the purpose of gathering together. Is any of the elders or leadership got anything to add into this? Please, Brian. Or questions, feel free. Um, when, when you said, why did I teach this, you all probably are aware that Rick's a little prophetic, and I, I think he probably doesn't realize part of the reason he did this. But... The thing that I'm hearing is for their trip to southeastern Europe, that God has said that he would be their vanguard and their rear guard. But that leaves their flanks exposed. And so we are responsible for standing beside them during that time. And that's that coming together to bear weight thing that he preached about. So he's actually been a little prophetic about his own... Uh, close coming future um, but we need to take that seriously and pray for him and also I think the people in Eastern Europe are going to be standing beside you at the same time to cover you but um, I think that's a word for, for us and for him so we'll, we'll participate in that but not to mention all these other people 
that are on this that sheet that Tulio announced. You go, Chloe. This felt like um, something jumped on me when Rick was talking about the whole thing of being nailed together, and that's um, that a lot of times, and this is more prophetic than teaching, um, <clears throat> I feel like uh, the Lord's shown me that people who we either have an offense to, not necessarily an offense with, or we find ourselves hard to connect with, that that person has something in them that I need. And it's partly the enemy trying to keep us apart, and part of it's just our flesh, uh, where we feel like, I don't connect with that person. And I just feel like um, the Lord is saying we really need to be careful to recognize when we feel like we're not connecting with somebody in the body, that oftentimes really the Lord has placed in that person something for you, that only by getting over that uh, feeling of, you know, I just don't connect with that person. I think we tend to gravitate to people that we connect easy with, but the Lord has designed the body for us to get what we get from the whole body and not just parts of the body. And so I just, I felt like the Lord was highlighting that and saying, we really need to, you know, let that be a red flag for us. If we find like, we're feeling like, well, I just don't connect with that person. We don't have anything in common or whatever your excuse is that you feel like you're coming up with in your heart. God is saying that he's designed for us to be a body, to be connected together to the whole body and not just pieces of the body. Yeah. Uh, Ingrid and I were just talking about this today, but uh, when you're talking about the church being a safe place, you know, that is so true, and it's a place where we have the opportunity to take risks, and, and it's an opportunity for us to get out of our passivity into a place of activity so that we can really learn how to be active in, in all aspects of our lives, because I think we were just talking about this. I mean, the Word of God is really strong against passivity. I mean, it really is, and uh, I think we—that's—that's that's what the enemy would want us to do—is to be passive. And a church is a, a place where we can learn and, and grow, and, and we know we have a safety net where we can take chances. Like, I'm not sure if I have this prophetic word right, but and and just to and just to go out there. That I mean, God would rather have us try, as we were talking about, try and fail, than not try at all. I think it's so important. And make sure that. Uh, that that we don't nail this down to religious things like tongues, interpretation, or prophetic words, or are like the more spiritual. Uh, Y'all, holy hug may be the greatest spiritual thing that somebody needs. Somebody may need five dollars. Somebody just needs somebody to pray for them. You know, so y'all don't put some kind of comparison in what's the big spiritual thing. The greatest things that impacted my life is the times when I was hurting the most. Somebody just came up and just put their arm around saying, don't get me. And they didn't, didn't say a word. They just walked up to me and held me. I needed somebody to stand with me. I mean, literally. So bust our religious crap here about gifts and all that kind of stuff. Those are good. But all about is just standing alongside somebody, standing along the Lord. Um, I just had a question. Um, in this 
in an environment where people are, you know, testing these things out and, and stepping out and trying maybe something they've never done before or giving a word or um, something like that, um, for maybe someone who has received a word, could you maybe just briefly talk about, like, how how to discern things or how to, um, like, take what someone has given you and, and what do you do with that? Well, it's really on the front side, too, is to talk about the person giving it. Um, the test and the goal of every word is what? Love. First Timothy 1.5 says the goal of our instruction is love. If you're ever thinking about speaking a word and you don't have intense love toward that person, stop, pray, and get your heart right. Because if you speak it, guess what? What does 1 Corinthians 13 say? You speak a word, what will you be like? Clang and gong and noisy symbol. So the first thing is for the first person speaking it. Second thing is the speaking words. They're prophetic. Just stop with the prophetic. Exhortation, consolation, edification. Exhort. Call alongside. Exhortation, consolation, comfort. Edification. Build up. So anytime you're going to speak to somebody, that's the, that's the three that we really encourage in this. There are two other facets, the secrets of people's hearts, and also there's a place of uh, foretelling future events. And we just... We encourage people, unless you've got counsel on the, the latter two, don't speak those. But speak exhorting, counseling, and edifying. Second thing is, is don't try to start, you know, we could get into details about speaking words. And, but, but if you get a word spoken to you, test it. Test it. Prove it. Y'all, I've had so many prophetic words spoken to me. I mean that I was going to be here, I was going to be there. But guess what? It's so easy for people to prophesy out of their own heart. And that's, the, that's a danger thing. But that's okay. You learn. You know? Um, but it, test the word. Don't test it. Prove it. That's what God says. Judge it. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, judge what I say. Divide it out. If I, I don't care who it is that speaks you a word. Judge it. Judge it. There's also a timing thing on words like Rick was prophesied that he would speak to the nations. We were youth ministry. I mean, it was years and years later before that word came about. So, so sometimes we get a word and we it doesn't happen right away. Then we don't think it was God. In reality, there was a timing issue. 20, 30 years, it's not uncommon for a word from God to, take, to come to pass. I had a word about Eagle's Nest, starting Eagle's Nest. I did. I really had a word about starting a drug and alcohol ministry called Eagle's Nest. Tried to do it in Big Stone Gap, Virginia. Bought the land, 82 acres on top of a mountain. Got totally frustrated. Because I didn't understand the time and procedure of the word. About 8 or 9 or 10 years later, all of a sudden, no, about 10 or 15, 10 or 15 years later, all of a sudden, these crazy people called Tony Maddox, Tony Morgan, and Robbie Maddox, all of a sudden, we believe God's calling us to go to Virginia and start, and paraphrase, start a, start a drug and alcohol ministry called Eagle's Nest. What? I was involved in Tony getting saved. So you think I had something to do with starting Eagle's Nest? Yeah. And God was pardoning them, walking them up here. So guess what? I may not have done it. They did it. But guess what? If I, didn't under, if I get frustrated with the time and procedure of the, the word, 
So anyway, good. Yeah, or trying to make it to help yourself. That's where you run up with Ishmael's. That's where you buy 82 acres and you get totally frustrated. <laughs> Try to make it happen. Any other questions before we transition? Number one reason why we get together? God being in our midst. Number two reason we get together is being built together. To offer up sacrifices unto God, whether it's to Him or loving on each other as a sacrifice to Him. So let's just go into a time, y'all. Oh, did I not tell that? Tom, can we share real quick about moderator? Yeah, that would be why we didn't say anything. <laughs> All right. I mean, we're hoping, what we want to do is we're trying to be better at communicating uh, so that when words come forth, when the God gives you a word or a vision or something that you feel needs to be shared or, or you want to even know whether it should be shared, and again, as we're talking, take the chance. Come up. We have moderators every week. And this week, uh, it's going to be Mitch and Paula. So if you do happen to get a word, a vision, a word about a healing, whatever it might be, something from the Lord, you can bring it up to them. And that's our goal so that it, then they can, it'll be then their responsibility to hear what God is doing with that word and then maybe bring it to, uh, up for, you know, for the whole congregation or what. So um, once it's in their hands, I mean, it's, then it's their responsibility to hear what God's doing with it. But... Well, anyway, we're trying to, again, facilitate hearing from the whole body. And this is our, our, your opportunity, our opportunity together as a family to grow in that capacity. So that's our goal and plan for this. Yeah. Is there a healing team today? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, I'll let the, we'll make sure that that gets shared. And one of the things that we're trying to empower to happen, not only is, heal, you know, right now healing teams are on this particular day, week, right? But there'll be times as we grow that there'll be healing, I believe, healing team all the time, maybe prophetic, evangelism. I mean, all kind of words going off at all times. Now, here what it put Tom in context. One is, y'all, there's a time in worship where it'll flow. That we're, we're in, it's open to the Spirit of God to move through us corporately. And that's more... That's more, uh, I, I can't, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, more random, not random, but more free, organic. sporadic, and organic. But then there's times in worship's going on, you're getting something, or while somebody's speaking, and, the, and that's when you need to talk it to the moderator, because the moderators are trying to integrate it into the worship, into the service. And they're asking, as soon as they hear a word, one, is it for today, or is it for later? Is it two? Is this, what's the time? When is it in the service? And so that's, they've got a big weight and responsibility to blend all of this. So all, all for about nuts and bolts. Now let's just, get, let's just get to what we're here. So, you have something? Come here, Terry. Um, just as we were starting this service, I felt like Terry had a word to go into worship with. Um, and, and I'm just going to get him to share that, and then I'm going to pray. Uh, I'd like to read some verses to you, if I could. Well, I'll just tell you because I left my Bible back there. Uh, Jesus was on the shore preaching, and the 
Peter and his fishing partners had just brought the boats in. They were cleaning their nets. And Jesus told Peter, said, go back out and cast your nets in the deep and for a catch. So he went back. He, after grumbling a little bit, he went back and he threw the nets out. And he brought in a catch that almost sank two boats. And I hear the Lord saying to me and to you, come out in the deep and just abide in the deep. Don't go back to the shallows. He said, once you come out and you experience my goodness and, and, and uh, the real fruit of the gospel, you will never go back to the, um, to the shallows again. And then another thing he told me was, he said, and I didn't realize I had a bucket list, but he said, I want to show you what your bucket list is, and I only have one thing on it, and that is to see a harvest of souls, men and women, to come and sink our boats, you know. Just a harvest of many, many. And you know what? I feel like, I feel also that the deep places are Hollywood. That's a deep place. But I think God will meet Doug and his team there. And there are a lot of deep places around here as well. So let's just stand. I'm just going to pray that. Father, we, as we just enter into a time of worship, yeah, just of just practicing, Lord God, just what uh, Rick was just talking about. As we gather together, God, I just pray that we would not just stay in the shallow, Lord God, anymore, Lord, that, Lord, the time for the shallow is, is over, God, this, but really just going deep with you, God, just going, just taking one more step out into or maybe places that we don't, we've never ventured. Maybe it's even st physically stepping out from our seat and just really just going in and, and worshiping you. And or, but Lord, just really not staying shallow in our own heart and our own spirit. But God, really going to the depths of who you are, depths of your goodness, the depths of your kingdom. And so, Lord, we just thank you for that this morning. And God, as this worship team comes to lead, God, just your Holy Spirit, just come and and bring us into experience. God, bring us into experience of. God, just your nature, your character, your goodness, God, as they lead us into your presence. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.